Welcome back to Lighter Side. Joe Gramatico here along with Tom Kaliopoulos. And this week, we're going to redraft the top 10 picks of the 2001 NHL draft. Tom, on a warm May night, how you doing? Joe, I'm hot. I'm muggy. Some of my body parts feel like a car decal, if you know what I mean. I'm refusing to put the air on, though, Joe. I figure it's going to start cooling off in a couple days, and I just don't feel like sleeping with the windows closed and especially being shut in for the last two and a half months, seems, anyway. So I I need the open air, and uh, I'll bite the bullet. I got some of the fans out. Got a couple bottles of water in front of me, and let's get it done. Yeah, I think it was supposed to, I don't know if it did hit 90, but I think it was supposed to touch 90 today. And yeah, we're looking at what, like uh, 60 on the weekend, 60 or so. so. Yeah, high 60s, low humidity, but sun, and it should be beautiful. I postponed my uh, wife's birthday, uh, you know, uh, festivities for that weekend. Uh, we did go up north. Uh, yeah, it was hot up there, just like it was down here. And, uh, you know, but for the most part, uh Better than uh, the 40 degrees and rain right. we've been getting. Right. So uh, move forward. It's a sign of summer, and uh, let's get over with this COVID thing, get some hockey going, and you know, see what happens. Yes, during the NHL shutdown, the NHL.com has been uh, rolling out redrafts uh, sporadically. They haven't been going in any particular order. This week they released... Uh, their redraft. They, they did the entire first round of 2001, so I thought we'd put together our top 10 and see if any of them match up with the the so-called expert writers over there at NHL.com. So I think you got your list of 10, I got my list of 10, and we'll roll through Joe, I got my Joe, I got my list of 10, and uh, I did not even listen or view any of the... Uh the so-called experts list, so I have no clue what I'm going off of other than just basic personal preference and what I think these players, uh, you know, would mean to uh, a franchise. So right. based on what they've done, obviously, already. Yep, I did. I, I read the headline. I didn't open up and read through it. I just opened it up a few minutes ago mm-hmm. so we can see where we ran. Kind of unique, unique in, the, in the sense that the Atlanta Thrashers were still in the league then. Yeah, they're still hanging around. Where are they're up in Nashville yeah. or not up in Nashville, up in Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll let's make that disclaimer because uh obviously the first pick in the redraft is Ilya Kolbachek. And uh, you know, we'll go from there. Yep. I have him staying at one. Did you keep him at one as well? Joe, I did. I kept yep. him at one and um based on the fact that he he's obviously still playing and you know, uh, he's pretty much a one-dimensional player and he's usually uh, been pieced in with rosters over the course of his career. Uh, even though I believe he started with uh, Atlanta, he ended up over in New Jersey, I believe, right? Is that correct? Yeah, he's in New York now, I believe, with the shutdown right. here. He's bounced around yeah. quite a bit, mainly because of his sniper prowess. Oh. Uh, so I did keep him at number one, mainly because he had 926 games played and a total of 443 goals, 
433 assists for 876 points. Uh, the thing that stands out to me, though, Joe, is that minus 146, which tells you he is, yes. he's not proficient on the defensive side of the puck, but that's not what he's signed for. Right. No, I agree. That was the one the one glaring thing when I was looking at it to see if I was going to keep him at one or bounce him, you know, down to two. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't see him going any any lower than two in this draft. But I mean, if you even factor in the the five years that he was gone playing in the KHL, you figure he's going to score thirty goals a year if he stays in the NHL at that time. It's another one hundred and fifty yeah. goals. So I couldn't put, you know, a six hundred goal scorer. Uh, I couldn't bump him down to to number two for that. So yeah, even though that negative, that big negative one forty six was staring at me, I kept him right. at number one. Yeah, he probably with all his international experiences pushing high six hundreds, right? In goal department. Yeah, he's at yeah four four forty three. Yeah, if he put up one fifty, he'd be right at six hundred. And I said he was with the Rangers. He was there was the pitcher I was looking at. He was playing the Rangers. He was with the Capitals at the shutdown. That's yeah, right. which you know, I they're talking about his name being bandied around in different cities still with the in this off season. So we'll see on that one. But yeah, looking at the draft and the, basically the fact that we both kept him here, you know. Even though he has been going back and forth and probably using the Europe League as a European League as a little bargaining chip, kind of like Yager did, uh, I it just shows it's a thin. Once again, that was a thin draft. Right. So. Right. Right. Number two, who'd you plug in at two? I also kept Jason Spezza there, which. Uh, you know, 1,123 games, uh, pretty much uh, 341 goals, 599 assists for 940 total points, plus uh, five in his career. Uh, he's not going to beat you too much on the defensive side, so coaches can put him out. And to me, he turned into a reliable, probably third-line player, you know, when they found out he wasn't going to be putting up these epic numbers like they projected from the big forward coming out of the Spitfires uh, in the OHL. Right. Uh, but he's another guy that's still toiling around, and, uh, you know, his role is kind of – is he with Toronto over yeah. there now? Yeah, he's with his hometown mm-hmm. Maple Leafs. Yeah. Right. So it'll be his last hurrah. His, his, uh, his uh, career is coming to an end. But uh, once again, I don't see anybody that warrants uh, in this draft uh, – even after the fact, to jump ahead of his him and in, uh, into the second slot. Yep, I agreed. I was he was the one I was considering as the only person in this draft that could overtake Kovalchuk, but uh, I just didn't think you know comparing and throwing in the numbers that uh, Kovalchuk put up in the KHL, and he would have played more games if he stayed uh, in the NHL than, than Spezza did and produced more points. So. Uh, I kept Spets at two. Like I said, there wasn't anyone else in the draft that was worthy of jumping over him into that number two spot. You're right, Joe, and all bets are off now. After three, I'm guessing my draft took a total, yep. you know, crazy turn. And uh, it's uh, basically, you know, we talked about goaltenders, uh, you know, not going high in the draft. <laughs> this is the exception to the rule there was two of them taken in the top 10 so uh who's number three joe 
Number three, originally number three was Miko Koivu went, or I'm sorry, originally, no. no, sorry, I was looking at the NHL sheet. NHL, they bumped, oh, so the original number three was the legendary, is it Mike Smith? Do I have that on there right or no? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alexander. I clicked on my wrong list. Alexander Svitov, I have too many spreadsheets yeah. open. <laughs> Alexander Svitov went to... Tampa Bay he played 179 games. Being with the Oakland A's, Joe, all that uh, saber metric stuff going on in your head right yeah, now. I did. I have three <laughs> spreadsheets open, and I got all, they're all in different orders. Yeah. So I got, Nerd. Yep, I did. So, I got, so the NHL, the NHL, they bumped uh, Miku Koivu up from six to three. I put my number three pick. I bumped Patrick Sharp up from 95 to number three. Wow. Okay. Nine hundred thirty-nine games played, six hundred twenty points. Uh, Say, so yeah, I plugged in Patrick Sharp. Originally, he went ninety-five to Philadelphia. Yes, that's a solid pick. I, the Alexander Svitov, uh, you know, got taken by uh, Tampa. Correct. Yep. Well, I had uh, here's here's my third pick. I picked Jason Pominville in there. Nice. That's a good you know, one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a solid player over the course of his career, and ironically, he was taken 55th by Buffalo, who he ends. He's, I believe, he's still with, unless he went. Uh, I think is he might have been sought after. I know there was trade rumors last year. Where is he at, Joe? Is he still with uh, Buffalo? He is uh, still. He's back with Buffalo. He was in. Yeah, I know. They, yeah, he was with the Wild for a few years, and he's he's back okay, in Buffalo. And then he went back. Yeah, they hated to trade him. That's why I was fighting with that one. Like, did I, I? I didn't realize. Did they trade him or didn't they? Uh, but yeah, he um, always been a solid player. He's got over a thousand games played in his career. Two hundred ninety three goals, four hundred thirty four assists for seven hundred twenty two points. But he plus forty four, just a solid right winger. He played in the Quebec Major Junior League. Um, but uh, yeah, he was always a favorite uh, son in Buffalo, and I'm sure he's glad to be back there through the youth movement you know i think he left when they were in the middle of one right uh, so he's probably playing with a lot of the guys that are finally coming into their own and uh you know i i just threw him in the third slot there well i know i know you like i know you like my saber metrics so i did run this whole draft through the uh saber metric point oh, shares and, and pominville pops in at number five if you he would be the fifth okay. overall pick if you just plugged okay. that so good spot yeah. all right okay Number, where are we at? Number four. The original fourth overall pick was uh, the great center, Stephen Weiss. I know you're a big yes. fan of Stephen Weiss, or at least at the time. Stephen well, Stephen Weiss was a hot shot coming out of the OHL here in our hometown of Plymouth, uh, nearby here, 40-minute um, way. Uh, city, but uh, he had some big numbers, and I thought he would be a higher point producer in the NHL based on his skill sets, but injuries and kind of limited his role as a, a, a sharp shooting playmaker and uh, point producer and probably put him into a third line forward, and he played 732 games. He had only 156 goals, 267 assists for 423 points. He was a minus 23. Uh, he was just mainly a plug-in forward, uh, forward uh, the rest of his career, and even his limited ice time with Detroit uh, would pro- uh, profess that. 
So, yeah, who do you got slotted in there at number four, Joe? So I got a surprise for you. I took, well, maybe it won't be a too big of a surprise based on the draft, but I plugged in the first defenseman going in this one. I plugged in Dan Hamuse to go to Florida at number four. Okay, okay. Uh, and, yeah. At the t- it's a solid player. Yeah, at the time they had, who would it have been? They had Ozlinch, I think, was was there. They would have had what, Robert Svela, Brett Hedekin, a few other guys. So he would have been a, a nice piece to go to to that Florida defense at the time. And they weren't too bad of a team. I think Burray was still on the was on the team in two thousand one. Right. So they had a decent right. roster. Yeah, I took uh, I took Patrick Sharp. Okay. Uh, I plugged him in there, and mainly because of his speed and uh, maybe a, a viable winger for Beret, you know, before his back injuries put him out. But ironically, Sharp ended up having back injuries later in his career. But he did play till 2018, and that would have been a a nice, consistent uh, winger to plug in, you know, especially with all the size they've had recently. And like, I'm sure probably three to four years uh, towards the end of his career, Patrick Sharp's. Um, would have been playing with a lot of them big forwards. Right. So, right. Might have added some length to his career, maybe pushed him to the 2020 you know, season. He might be going through all this shutdown stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, he got his cups with Chicago and, uh, and getting timely goals and that type of thing. So, yeah. Uh, but that's how I got him slotted for uh, the fourth slot uh, slot there. And uh, yeah, he had a good career coming out of Vermont. And uh you know, I'm surprised at his low goal to, goal total, though. You know, 287 in his career. I think mm-hmm. you always think the way that guy, you know, netted some in Chicago that he would be at least a 400 goal guy. But you know, yeah, probably a late starter, late bloomer. Yeah, I was surprised at the total too. But yeah, I think he was a slow, slow start, and he went. F- he was picked at four as well by the uh, NHL staff writers. Okay. Number five in the original pick of 2001, the Ducks selected left winger Stanislav Chistov out of Russia. So he was the, yeah. the second Russian in that top five to bust out. Svitov at three and then Chistov at five. Neither of them played 200 games. Oh, and, and Kovalchuk was a Russian, right? Yep, Kovalchuk. So he had three. Three in the top five, and Kovalchuk was the only one that panned out. Right. Yeah, I took in my... Yeah, what did... Go ahead. What did uh, Sheetsov, he played only 196 games, didn't he? Yeah, 196. He got close to the 200 mark. He was a minus player for Anna. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, at five, who did I take? I got to go back my spreadsheets now. Number five, I bumped Miku Koivu up one spot from six to five. And I, I did the same show. Okay. He's a good hockey player, still plugging along, I believe, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's still, I think he's got another year or so left in him. He was in, I don't know if he's still with Minnesota or not. He's, I think so. Yeah, he's a tough, hard-nosed you Finnish hockey player. He doesn't really fit the mold of the what you'd think the a Finnish hockey player brings to the table. But he's pretty rugged, pretty tough, hard nosed guy. And yeah, he's still with the Wild. He's been there his whole career. Yeah, he's over a thousand games. He's got seven, over seven hundred points. He's a plus seventy, and uh, he's a lot bigger than his brother, I think, Saku. Yeah, 
I think Nico was a, uh, uh, seemed a, l- a lot bigger, actually. Well, I don't know. What, what are the stats on him, Joe? Do you have his size Miku- up there on one of your spreadsheets? <laughs> <laughs> Miku's at 6'3", 213 is what he's listed yeah. at. I don't remember what Saku was, but I don't think it was anything close to that. He, if, he, nope. if it was, I, nope. that surprises me. He's 5'10". He was a lot smaller. He was supposed to be a big, big-time offensive guy, and even though he put up decent numbers for his career i don't think he ever put up the numbers that they were thinking he was going to put up yeah that's an interesting point joe because you i'm guessing that's a perfect example of one of those uh where the organization kind of defines the type of player you're going to be right think about that minnesota has forever had coaches you know that have come in there and implemented a defensive style i think jock lamar was over there too wasn't he coaching yeah, for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I remember they had a couple deep runs in the playoffs, and they were a hard, um, you know, team to play against. And then I there was a few other coaches that kind of implemented that same style. So really, they've always been tight to the vest team, and uh, I, you know, it's probably been a they need to get scorers in there and know how to implement them and play a more balanced game. I think if you're ever going to see them challenge for a cup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but his, uh, Koivu's numbers definitely uh, indicate that uh, that's definitely the doing of an organization in the style they play yep. and have gone with over the course of his career. Right, right. So number six, obviously, we just mentioned uh, Miku Koivu originally went sixth overall. I plugged in the old uh, Michigan Wolverine Mike Camilleri at number six on my redraft. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting pick. Camilleri's always been a smart player. Uh, once again, you, you look at him later in his career, and he was bounced a couple times from team to team because mainly teams liked his his scoring. Um, but he was streaky, and uh, he's, he got a few good playoff runs with certain teams. And, uh, you know, uh, he was a minus player as well but in his career, but I do uh, like Mike Camilleri as a player and always a good skater, uh, fit the Michigan mold as a forward, and uh, he had a good career for sure. So that's not a bad pick. I went with uh, Thomas Placanic. Okay, nice. I like Thomas. Uh, yeah, just a just a you know a little diminutive. I'm not somebody that you know I would normally pick, but uh, for this draft, he seem to plug in pretty well he ended up becoming a captain over in montreal um you know actually montreal did take him 70 71st but i had him going to minnesota here mm-hmm. and i thought his style would have fit in well because he, he became a very steady player uh, you know 608 career points in a thousand games that's about a point every you know little less than two games and and he was a plus 55 so he probably would have fit in well over there always a hard worker and you know didn't avoid you know, avoid the grit part of the game so yeah so i got thomas thomas uh thomas Placanic, who i believe retired um geez last year to went to 2019 so he had a nice career yeah yes he did uh the nhl hockey writers agreed with me and they plugged in camillary at number six okay to the wild Number number seven, the original seventh overall pick was a different guy from Michigan. Mike Kamasarek went to the Canadians, a defenseman. Yeah, 
Yeah, I always liked Mike Commissarek. I uh, think his career kind of got, I think when he went over to, didn't he go to Toronto from Montreal or something? He was in Toronto for I a period know. of time. I don't know if there was anything in between the I two. Know. I, know, I know he, when he was with Montreal, they were pretty high on him. And, uh, you know, I think he ended up uh, getting into a fight with a heavyweight and just getting knocked, demolished. And it just, he was never the same player after that. So, you know, I, I guess you look at Truba now, and he was uh, kind of similar to Commissarek, only obviously Truba has more offensive skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Commissarek was a big guy, too. Wasn't he like 6'4", six, 6'5"? Yeah, six, yeah. Just like Truba, a big guy. And, uh, you know, but I think Truba's got a lot more offensive upside than Commissarek and uh like I said, Montreal was kind of thin on defense at the time. He didn't really have anybody that could uh, he could really uh, like emulate over there. I mean, yeah. I think you had the Russian guy over there. I can't remember his name. Uh, big number seventy nine. His name escapes me right now. Markov. There, yeah, Mark. There was a there was a there was a language barrier there though. Right. In in Montreal, but uh, you know, Commissarek was a good player. Had a good career at Michigan. Uh, number seven for me in the redraft, I plugged in Jason Pominville. Okay. You had him at three? Four, three. I had him at three. Three, yeah. so I got to go in at seven to the Canadians. Okay. I took a different – I took a defenseman, different defenseman than the actual draft pick commissary. I took Kevin Bieksa. Okay. Okay, Kevin Bieksa was a long-time plugger for uh, out of Bowling Green. He was taken 151st in the in the real draft, so I bumped him up quite a bit, eh, Joe? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, not not a flashy guy, but I always liked his grit. Uh, the 1,124 penalty minutes would suggest in 808 games. Um, but he was a guy that every team needs on the blue line. Actually, a guy the wings kind of lack a guy like that. It has some grit, blocks some shots, nothing fancy. Um, but like I said, normally not a top 10 guy for me, but in this draft, right? Um, I think uh, he would be a good seven pick and a good fit for Montreal at the time. Yeah, on the NHL site, they got Bieksa redrafted at 13 to the Oilers. Okay. They, the, first, mm-hmm. the first line just covers everything that you said. The Oilers... Go for a heart and soul leader, a tough, physical, and reliable defenseman. There you go. Yeah. That's he fits all those uh, for yeah. sure. And uh, you know, and I think he did that for Vancouver once again on a blue line that was kind of. I know. I know. It's, oh, it never. They never seem to work on the blue line. But man, I could you imagine a guy like Bieksa right now, like playing with Quinn? Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes over there now, and some of the younger defensemen they have. Like, uh, well, he did have uh, what? What's the uh, the other guy, the main stay, stay there that played with them for all those years? Uh, the big European kid from Sweden. I can't remember his name. Adler. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was. Yeah, I had Jovanovski in my head for a second, but he did not fit oh, the yeah. small guy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, O'Coin O'Coin was over there, wasn't he? I get yeah. those guys all mixed up. Him, Adler, and I think it's Adler. I think yeah. he was still with. 
He's playing with Vancouver, isn't he? Yeah, Alexander Edler. He, he was there. He's still there. Alexander Edler. Okay, yeah. So they've had some good players all that. I don't think they could ever master getting a solid top six defensive core going over there for some reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Biaxa would uh, would still fit in over in uh, Vancouver if he was younger. So mm-hmm. At 7, the NHL writers took Thomas Placanic to go to Montreal. Mm-hmm. So okay. originally Montreal took him at 71. Here the NHL's got him at uh, number 7, still going to Montreal. Number yep, Solid Slovakian player. Yeah, number 8. Eight. The original pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets was uh, the first goalie in the draft. Eighth overall, Pascal LeClaire. Played in 173 yes. games. Lost more than he won. Uh, but that, at the time, Columbus wasn't very good, so we won't fault him for that. But, uh, at eight in the redraft, I took Thomas Placanic. Okay, so I get that's a you, you pretty much almost nailed that one. I had a, I plugged in another goalie there. I put Craig Anderson in. Okay, you know another guy uh, just figuring goaltender. I plugged him in there, and uh, basically a guy who played 648 games out of Guelph mm-hmm. in the OHL was taken normally in this draft 73rd by Chicago, yep. and then obviously moved right away. But uh, he had 289 wins in his career, 251 losses, and 69 ties or over overtime games. Yep. He's a 90, uh, 913 save percentage, Joe, and a 2.84 goals against average. So, yep. you know, that guy's had – he's been a good guy coming in in relief, you know, for a lot of good goaltenders. And, you know, had some good playoff moments. Um, but I thought he would fit in good with Columbus early in his career. Yep. Uh, stabilize a troubled goaltending spot that they've had for years Right over there. You know, Craig Anderson was drafted 77th overall by Calgary two years before that. Did you know that? Oh, really? So, yeah, I think that's when you could be thrown back into the... Yeah, you could not sign. Your, the signing right. period was two years, and I think now it's three. I think you have three years now to sign a guy after yeah. you draft him. I think it was two years before the... 0405 lockouts. Yeah, Anderson went back. He only bumped up four spots, and I don't think he played much for who would it? Chicago. No, he, he was out of there pretty quick. Yeah, they probably had one. Well, who did they have over there then? Probably Hashik and and uh, uh, not in, no, not in two thousand one. Who would it have been in two thousand? I don't know who that was. Let's see, two thousand. Also, find. Yeah, I wonder who they. Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. 2001, the Blackhawks had Jocelyn Tebow and Steve Passmore. Yeah, nothing, nothing. And who was uh, was the Calgary's goaltending situation back then? Calgary, let's see, 2001. Uh, That might be a couple years before Kiprasov. Because I don't think Kiprasov came into his own until 03. Yeah, Calgary, when yeah. he left, Calgary's immensely in the pipes, and they still are to the day. Yep. I thought Craig Anderson would be a good pick even for them. Yeah, they you know? had they had Roman Turek, who was 31. They had yeah. Kay Whitmore, who was 34. Mm-hmm. 
And then they had uh, 38-year-old Mike Vernon on his last hurrah. Oh, geez, yeah. So, yeah, Calgary. Yeah, I know. Was, he wasn't, they were struggling, yeah. Yeah, so Calgary was in desperate need. Now, there's a fun fact for you since you love Sabermetrics. If you just went on Sabermetrics for this draft based off of point shares, Craig Anderson would be the number one pick in this draft. Are you kidding me, really? No, the, the point shares equation that calculates how many points the player contributes okay. to their team, he would he's he would put up 120.9. So I got him number eight. Yeah. So that makes me a flipping hockey genius, Joe. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. I had, who did I have? You had, yeah, I had Placanic at eight. You got Anderson and the NHL writers bumped up Brooks Lake from 193 to eight. Yeah, Brooks, is it Locke or Lake? Brooks Lake, Locke Lake. had them. Yeah, either. Either or is good for me. I think it's Locke, but I think he the only thing, the best thing he did in his career was marry that Juliana Huff or whatever. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's a, a marriage that's still going on right now, I think. I don't know. Or he could be a free agent. I don't know. He, you know, and Some stories came out about her, and then he ended up, might be rethinking that one. Oh, want to be put on a waiver list or something, but... Yeah, Brooks Locke is the big forward, you know, that played with Washington. I don't, you know, he had some good playoff runs, but, uh, you know, I don't think he tasted the cup with them. I think he was gone by then. Yeah, I don't think he was around. He had a couple 20-goal seasons. I I guess we'd call it through the prime of his career, but, yeah, I think he retired Mm -hmm. in 2018, 17 or 18, I think right before. The cup. He might have got the cup at 2018 if he was still there. Man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Number number nine was the Blackhawks pick. They originally took Tuomo Rutu. Uh, another, yeah. Another Finn. This draft, this 0-1 draft was pretty heavy with Europeans in the top 10, Finns and Russians. Yeah, Rutu was a dick, a dickhead. Man, you ever watch him, Joe? Yep. Yeah, he was kind of a edgy Finnish player, you know. And uh, he, I remember him playing against the Red Wings quite a bit, and uh, you know, getting into it. And he had a dirty stick. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, the decent player. I mean, uh, he had a, what was seven hundred thirty-five games played. He had one hundred forty-eight goals, one hundred ninety-eight assists, three hundred forty-six points. He was a minus seventy. Well, who'd you have plugged in at number uh, number nine, Joe? This one, I, I went with a European, an old one. This was back when you uh, were still draft eligible over the age of 20. I plugged in 24-year-old Merrick Sidlicki in the number nine spot. Wow. So, yeah I, yeah, I was looking at it, and I was like, uh, is he worthy of a number 10 spot? He's a negative player, but he did put up a, you know, a point every other game. You plug his, he had 417 points in 836 games, so he was reliable and from the defenseman that I had to pick from. He was good with New Jersey, and I, yeah. you know, the thing that soured me from making him, uh, making this list, uh, his uh, later years, he was a turnover machine when he came to Detroit, just his positioning and everything. 
I don't know what what the heck happened to him because he seemed to be always to me to be a smarter player in New Jersey than he exhibited with Detroit uh, when he came over here. Yeah, he was, and he got real slow too. I mean, obviously, yeah, he older, like but... he would get beat by the blue line, like a like he he, he was a two on one waiting to happen. And his partner, I don't know who his partner was, he was partnered with when uh, he was here, but. Yeah, it was just very unsettling watching him play. Yeah, he was only he was one of the plugins for like a, the late to, just over a playoff run, right? Yeah, he wasn't here more mm. than more than the trade deadline on, and he wasn't re-signed. Yeah, he did not do a good job when he was here, and that, that kept me away from him on this list. I I plugged in another defenseman who was pretty reliable over the years uh dennis seidenberg yeah i was looking at him i didn't plug him in but i was i gave him some consideration now well, he's a steady defenseman what do he play with washington and uh I boston. Think, uh, boston boston predominantly in his career i don't who who's he with now is he even i think he played later later he's he's not playing now but he was uh i think just recently retired from washington didn't he have a oh, spell that's... with them or he was in, yeah, yeah he I was there. I don't think he was a lifer. I don't think he was a lifer with Boston. No, he was in Washington for a bit. He played with the Flyers, the Canes. Okay. He finished up with the Islanders. Okay, so he did a little tour of the, yeah. the NHL in the last few years because I know he had, he was famous for that slew foot incident on that official. You remember that? I do. Yep, I do. I, think, I believe that was him. Yep. I could be wrong there, but no, I could have swore it was him. As he was skating to the bench. Yeah, I think you're correct. I think that okay. was with Boston. I think you're. I think that's the right Boston player. Yeah, but he's won a cup with Boston. Uh, he's part of a gritty uh, defensive core. With, you know, when he played there, but uh, you know, I think they needed to go younger when they had all these prospects coming in, so they moved him. Uh, but you know, I plugged him in at nine, Joe, with Chicago, going to Chicago. This one surprised me on the NHL's list. They plugged in goalie Mike Smith at nine. Ah, I got I okay all the way that up from one sixty one. I okay. thought, and the only reason it surprised me because if you plug him into the the Saber metrics, he would actually go third overall. I must catch. really be a genius. I got him in number ten. <laughs> so my drink. Yeah, but uh, just looking through, like, yeah, they didn't have Anderson ahead of him, um, who I think had better stats and you know, better well, metric Mike's numbers. Still in the lead right now, yeah. and I know he's a uh, he's a uh, played in difficult situations. I think he was a lifetime. Uh, was he Arizona? He's, Played with them for quite a while. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, he was in Dallas, Tampa. He was with uh, yeah Arizona franchise, and he's in Edmonton now. Yeah, they've taken him. Uh, Dallas took him one sixty, one sixty one. They've always seemed to have a stable of good goalies in Dallas, you know. Mm-hmm. But they always, you know, I don't. They can't keep them all. Yeah, he did the uh, the Alberta middle finger. He went played two years in Calgary, and now he's in Edmonton. Oh, so. yeah, that's, I always wondered about that one. That's why I'm still would like to know. I I gotta watch that Grand Fear movie to see if they touch on that topic at all. Actually, I should be looking that up tonight. Maybe watch uh, a couple of the movies. Uh, what what was the name of the Sawchuck movie? Oh, geez, I don't know off the top of my head. 
I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up on my fire stick because I might watch a couple of those when the wife goes to bed. I can't sleep with this heat anyway unless I turn the air on, and that's not going to happen. So, But uh, this kind of sparked me to maybe watch, watch some of that like you did the, the, the Probert movie the other day, you know? Yeah. Yes, sir. At number 10, the original 10th overall pick was goalie Dan Blackburn. Went Danny Blackburn, not a Kootenai. Yeah, he went to the New York Rangers, 10th overall. So when I was making my pick, I plugged in Craig Anderson. I figured he'd be a better fit okay. goaltending-wise okay. there for the Rangers. He wouldn't have lasted long, obviously, with Lundqvist coming through. But, uh, right, well, he'll be a nice backup, he, though. He would have been much better than Dan Blackburn, who I don't think he played more than two years in the league. Oh, what? You know, three I, games. He, I always thought Blackburn did not come out of the Western Hockey League. I thought he came. I thought he was a Michigan goalie, a backup for Michigan for some reason. I want to say, did Michigan have a Blackburn playing for them? I have to check that in their history because I could have swore Michigan had a, a goalie with the same last name. Then I looked his stats up, and he is a Kootenai from the Western Hockey League. Okay, that's not the CCHA. So, no. no. So yeah, he didn't. Uh, he was out quick. So yeah, Craig Anderson would have been a nice piece. You know, they. I was surprised. They must not have thought too highly of Lundqvist at the time because they drafted him in the seventh round in two thousand. The Rangers did, and then they took Blackburn tenth overall in two thousand one. So they were, they were obviously they got yeah. the steal with Lundqvist in the seventh round, and you know, the, they weren't sold on him. Yeah, they weren't sold on it, and Blackburn didn't pan out. So for the redraft, uh, knowing what we know, Craig Anderson, like you said, would have made a good, real good one-two punch there for the Rangers. So hey, Joe, let's talk about that for a little bit with Lundqvist. It's it's, I mean that, that's a what is that? Is that like a it, is it like a goaltender just all of a sudden just coming out of nowhere, or is it the scouting staff for the Rangers picking up a, a gem in the seventh round? I mean, I don't know, or a combination of both. I, you know, maybe they weren't looking at because you know the whole the whole scouting thing changed. You know, when it came to European players, you know how it goes in phases. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're looking at three Russians taken in the top like five six picks right there in this draft. Um, I'm not so sure European players were like, you know, even though the wings hit on a few, you know, I, maybe goaltending was a different story. I don't think there was a lot of prospects coming out that, you know, from the European leagues, you know, that people knew about. Yeah, it's... I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know how that scouting works because he's... Dra- they So they draft him in 2000. I can't find any stats for him prior to 2000 as far as you know Lundqvist's stats go so he stayed okay. he stayed in the Swedish elite league for five years after that so he didn't come over to the Rangers until the 2005-2006 season and he was their starter right away at that point so, so no stats on him even yeah, no so, stats on him even from the Swedish league no I can only find 2000 and 2001 the number he played 13 games in their what would be the Swedish Junior League and then 14 games in the uh was the SHL so their their top major league over there but that's in 2000 2001 that's after he was already drafted in that spring so I can't find anything from 99 
and prior to that. That's odd. Maybe he just did development programs or something because he, I don't know, but he seems kind of old for just, I know that's how they run their youth programs over there. They're not so much in league format over there as, as much as they are developing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That's kind of an odd one. Yeah, so I don't but, know what yeah. they had to go off of. But, yeah, somebody liked or took a flyer. Somebody had some inside info. Um, yeah, you, you see a, you see skill sets within a guy, and kudos to their scouting staff. But he's, uh, you know, he's uh, struggling right now as far as uh, his top spot over there that he's had for years with uh, some of the this Russian goalie they got over there now. So... Yeah, he's in the last two years. He's been over uh, three goals against average, and it's the first time in his career he's always been, you know, two seventy and below. Right, mainly the low yeah. twos through the majority of his career. Well, uh, Father Time running out on him, so yeah. I mean, I you might want to move. Yeah, he's Maybe only got. He's 38 now, so he's yeah probably going to be more in the backup role. He might have a year or two left in him. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to be a goalie and play into your 40s. I know some guys have done it, but... Well, the way these kids shoot the puck today, no doubt about it. I mean, it's uh, it's like his ref- It's a position you really can't, you know, you know just kind of age gracefully. You know what I'm saying, Joe? It's like... It, I mean, you could look awful bad, you know, if you don't stay on top of your game with these techniques and everything. Right. And you said you had Smith at 10, another goalie. Uh, Yes, I did. All right. And then the NHL plugged in Derek Roy at 10, up from 32. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, uh, he's uh, we talked about him, I think, uh, no, kind of. We talked about last time a redraft we did. We talked about a, about a similar player, uh, Derek Plant. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think Buffalo drafted him out of the Quebec League as well. But uh, I think uh, Walk came out of the OHL and um, always a steady forward. You know. Yeah. Buffalo. Yep. Yep. All right. There's our 2001 redraft. So we weren't too. We had pretty much. The majority of guys, they had the NHL writers had Anderson at 11. They had Hamus at 12. I already mentioned Bieksa at 13. And then they had Seidenberg at 14. They had uh, Zitlicki at 16. So that covers everyone that we that we plugged in. So right. No one, so they had them within the top 16. We had come to our top 10. So not too bad. No, it was interesting. I uh, like I said, if uh, I think um, surprised there wasn't uh, more players, like two hundred eighty nine total players. And uh, this draft, uh, what's the other draft we did? What year did we cover that last time? Eighty nine. Yeah, it's. uh, I thought this draft was a little thinner than that one, even as far as like players playing prominent like seasons with any NHL team mm-hmm. seems like you probably bit two handfuls with this draft. Right. And the other one, at least 15 to 20, even though, you know, they were just not like marquee names or anything or somebody that would jump out at you and surprise you. But, uh, 
don't know. Both drafts were pretty thin, Joe. Yeah. What did you think? There was one guy I kept looking at, and I just couldn't bring myself to plug him in. It was Alice Hemsky. I wanted to plug him into the top ten, but he just couldn't stay healthy, and he's already out of the league, and he fizzled out. Under his few. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Edmonton draftee. Yeah, Edmonton took him 13th overall. I was trying to squeeze him in my top 10, and the NHL had him at 15 on their redraft. But I was I was struggling to even keep him in the top 15. Even like you said, the draft's pretty thin, but I feel How like... How many years do you play? He played through 2018, but he only played 20 games over the course of the last two seasons. So really, say he played He's always in 2016. Yeah, I just I kept I mean guys like RJ Umberger and Airhoff right. yeah. and Klo and Parenta. I, I almost put Airhoff in my top ten because uh you know, it's funny you should I think he toiled with San Jose, but didn't he he played also played with uh Nashville, didn't he? Um I think he did recently for a year or two. He's been around the yeah, he, he's been bouncing around a lot. I thought he played with uh, Nashville back when they were giving Detroit fits in the playoffs. He was in. I thought he was a good forward with them. I thought he played more than just one or two years with Nashville. But no. either way, he was up with San Jose as well. Just a good, good solid forward, yeah. um, dependable guy. Yeah, he was out of the league in 2016. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't in Nashville. San Jose, Vancouver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, L.A., and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you maybe the... I'm thinking of somebody else. But he did have a guy. I do remember him in San Jose for sure, and I remember he's a good hockey player, just just steady. Yeah. You know. Yep. No, he had some good offensive years. I never really thought of him as an offensive defenseman, but he did have a couple of good years in Vancouver yeah, and with San did. Jose. Yeah, he jump into the play. You know, he's not a big guy. Yeah, another German. But, the German. Yep. Yeah, which is a rarity back then. I mean, I don't think they were really, you know. That's going to change, though. That German league is really starting to produce some players, so you're going to see that over the next few years like we've talked about. And uh, that's why I'm interested to see the draft this year. I guarantee you you're going to see probably more than 10 German players taken. Yeah, for sure. Over the course of the draft, there's been quite a bit, quite yeah. a bit of development over there. What do you think's the best country in development, Joe? Your eyes. Best country? I yeah. Guess. I think it's changed over the year. I I mean, Russia used to be the team, and then now I'm thinking Sweden, Sweden, Sweden caught up with them. And then, you know, you always had Czechoslovakia there, but just not enough since they, you know, broke off, you know, into Slovakia and, and the yeah. Czech Republic. And then you – and then – but fin, the fin, Finnish uh, programs are getting a lot better too. Yeah, no, the Germans definitely up and coming. I don't know yes. if it's just because we're in Detroit and we're so Swede heavy, but I feel like everyone's got a handful of Swedish players on their team. They got a they got an elite yeah. league over there. Uh, is pretty pretty tough to play in. So I, Sweden's definitely right up there, one or two of the top developing countries. Well, I got in, some interesting takes, Joe, and just a little preview. Uh, sneak preview a little uh tantalizing tidbit of uh, on swedish players and how they might make a difference in the in the playoffs this year if that does take off so that'll be interesting 
All right. Well, it's uh, 2001 Redraft. Joe and Tom, we'll see you back here next time on the lighter side. <coughs>